Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast. This is episode 40. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And uh, before we get started, I want to tell you that if you are a wrestling fan, like Taylor is over here. Like me. And, uh, you know, we've had Max from Wrestle Subtitle in the, the wrestling game. game. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so seems like, especially nowadays, nowadays, wrestling and horror kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Um, so if you are a fan of the WWE, go to www.graveplotpodcast.com. You're going to get yourself... $10 off a $70 or more purchase with the code WWE save 10. That's all one word. Yep. So that's uh, www.graveplotpodcast.com and then the code WWE save 10. Correct. So, uh, let's go and get started. Get yourself um, some sweet Bray Wyatt swag. <laughs> yep. Uh, so how's it going Taylor? It's going well. Cool, cool. Except for some asshole forgot to watch the movies this week, and we just had to have a movie marathon before we started the episode. Yeah, uh, I had. It a hell was of, Tony. I had a hell of a week. <laughs> um, yeah, we had another death in the family uh, on my wife's side. Um, it's the third one we've had in less than a year. That should be it, then, right? Rule of threes. <laughs> In theory, I guess. Um, hoping for not another one. Anyway, so had to go to a funeral yesterday, actually. Um, and then the day before that, I had broken a tooth. Today's Friday. We're recording early because I have to leave town again to go to a wedding <laughs> tomorrow. Anyway, so on Monday of this week, I broke a tooth. I was fine for the rest of that day and most of Tuesday. By the end of Tuesday, I had this screaming pain in my mouth. <clears throat> And I couldn't sleep all night. Like, I was up seriously all night. And I got up and just, I worked on, like, I worked at 3 in the morning. Jesus. <laughs> um, and because, uh, you know, I'm in accounting and we had to process payroll that day. Oh, right, yeah. So I had to get everything that I needed to do for payroll to get processed done because I knew I wasn't going to work. So I called the dentist in an emergency had them squeeze me in to get a root canal. So I did that on Tuesday or on Wednesday. Uh, and then funeral Thursday. And so it was just a really fucked up week. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we once again have no interview for you this episode, but you just heard why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been really just a giant pain in the ass. But hopefully we still got a fun episode. Hopefully yeah. we can uh, put, the, put the negativeness behind us. And right. Still... Come out, guns blazing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so what's new with you? Uh, shit, nothing. All right. Yeah, I tried to come up with, with something, but I really got nothing. Okay. I know, I'm a, <laughs> an exciting guy. Clearly. Um, okay, well, in light of uh, Taylor's inact- inactive life. It's not inactive, it's just <laughs> nobody wants to hear about it. You don't know. I, I promise you. All right, fuck off. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's jump into horror business. All right, start off with uh, a couple years ago, there was a 
a, a short horror film contest called Who's There? Uh, just assembly of obviously short films just intended to just spook you a little bit. Um, and uh, there's one that's particularly po- uh, popular. Um, was it a winner? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. I will find out. <laughs> you do that. Um, there's one in particular that I had seen before. I think it kind of got passed around the internet for a while there. Um, really fucking creepy. It's called Lights Out. I believe it's German, if I'm not mistaken. I do not know. Um, you're just on a roll, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> Um, yes, it was a short minute or short three minute film um, by David Sandberg. Um, Doesn't sound German. Could be German. You don't know. It could. What the fuck do I know? Uh, it's getting made into a full length film, uh, which is really yeah, it is weird. <laughs> I just, I mean, the concept of the short itself doesn't seem to lend itself to a future length. I maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, I would agree. I mean, it doesn't. It's the whole thing is two and a half minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's. I, I think part of the reason that it's been so successful is that it's so concise. Yeah, it's. I, I can't really see it being stretched. It won best director. It did not win the best okay. film. Um, it's it's really fucking creepy. I mean, I recommend going to YouTube checking it out. It's just called Lights Out, um, and it would probably be the first hit, I imagine. Yeah, we we just watched it before we started, and it was the first one that came out. Yeah, so. um, and uh, it really takes advantage of that, just maybe hibernating fear of the dark that I think everyone has. I think even if, you know, even if as an adult you're not afraid of the dark or a teenager or, you know, preteen or whatever, maybe if you're not afraid of the dark, I think everyone was afraid of the dark at some point in their life. I mean, just the fear of the unknown, you know, it's always there. It doesn't matter how old you get. Sure. Um, But this really takes advantage of that. Um, And like, like right off the bat. Yeah. Like, I mean, we said it's two and a half hours or two and a half minutes long, so it's really concise, but it's like the, the, the shit hits the fan immediately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that it's like, I, I, I don't recall a time when I was afraid of the dark. I'm sure I was. Maybe I just blanked it out. But there is just a certain bit of anxiety within me when I turn off the light. Like, I couldn't, maybe I'm not even necessarily in the room. But if I turn off the light and I'm looking into a dark room, I feel like my pulse, like, speed up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think that if you have that same feeling in a similar situation, that this will really hit you. And, um, yeah, I'd definitely go take a look. Um, so the full, full length is being written by Eric Heiserer. Um, that sounds German. It does. Um, he uh, is responsible for the Thing remake, so you know, <laughs> take that. Uh, and Final Destination Five, Final Destination. Yep. Um, it's going to be directed by David Sandberg, so at least he's returning. Yep, yep. Um, produced by James Wan, who of course is 
hot shit nowadays. <clears throat> yeah, he's a uh, Mister Mister Fast and the Furious, right? Uh, but I mean, got his bones in horror. I mean, with the Conjuring and um, uh, Insidious, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's that, and then looks like the synopsis for the feature length doesn't. I mean, it doesn't sound like the short. But I have to imagine it's related in some way. Um, it's going to be about a supernatural entity attacking a family with one of the members required to step up to protect them from a threat that can be seen only when the lights go out. So, like I said, if you've got a fear of the dark, even if it's just a, a little one that you don't even know is there most of the time, I imagine if you watch Lights Out, you'll feel that little bit of anxiety like I do. Or, you know, probably anyone does. That The, the family member that has to protect them? I guarantee it's a kid. Yeah, it's probably pretty likely. And I know they've already cast the little kid from um, from The Conjuring in this, mm. whose name I can't remember. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the Conjuring so. was so bad. But yeah, he's he's going to be in it. So I guarantee he's going to be the family member that has to protect the rest. Yeah. Which just gives me like a Babadook vibe. I picture him like making the stupid little like lo- ball launcher thing that the kid in the Babadook had. <laughs> well, let's just hope this doesn't suck because the short was actually really good. Yeah, I mean, f- for it to be so short and so good, it's pretty pretty awesome. So let's just hope they don't fuck it up by making it a feature length. Right. Here's hoping. good news is there's another giant shark movie coming oh man i cannot wait the bad news is it's not gonna be on sci-fi is that bad news no <laughs> i just felt like saying it but surprisingly it's not going to be an asylum movie well we got damned and it's going to be well currently in talks to direct is none other than eli roth why would he do this to himself? I, I don't know. Uh, the movie is called Meg. Which is such a stupid name. It is. <sighs> is that the name of the shark? I, I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it's it's about a megalodon, which is a prehistoric shark. Right. And, you know, there are megalodon movies, uh, like sci-fi movies. Tons of them, yeah. So... It's going to be hard to not think that these are related. You, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's, this is based on a novel by Steve Alton, which is called Meg, a Novel of Deep Terror. The, why, did, why does the name Steve Alton sound so familiar? I don't know. The cover looks like a sci-fi movie poster. <laughs> um, holy shit, there's a whole series of Megs. Like a book series? Meg Origins, Meg Hell's Aquarium, Meg Primal Waters, Meg The Trench, and Meg A Novel of Deep Terror. <laughs> okay. So we got a whole franchise to look forward to. Oh boy, I can't wait. Um, yeah, like Tony said, it's about a megalodon shark 
in California, although the movie is going to be set in China. What? Why? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. That's like <laughs> that's backwards. Yeah, right. I mean, if an Ameri- if it's an American movie, typically you move it from Asia or another country, and you move it to the U.S. Usually, whatever. I mean, does China even have a shark problem? Um, I really don't know. I can't. Mm. I don't know enough about China's fauna to speak of their sharks. They okay. eat sharks, don't they? Well, I suppose they do. Shark fin. Yeah, shark fin soup. Right. Yeah. Well, anyways, this is going to be a screenplay by Dean Gorgaris. Dean Kane? <laughs> Fucking Dean Kane? Not Dean Kane. <laughs> I wish it was Dean Kane. <laughs> Dean Kane needs to write something. He does. Let's be honest. An autobiography. <laughs> Called Fucking Dean Kane. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's. What's that? Get ready for the another fucking giant shark movie. But I mean, get ready for fucking Green Inferno first. I mean, well, well yeah. Let, let's focus on that and not this, which is sure to be a shit show. Is this is this going to be a giant CGI shark like all the sci-fi movies? Or it, I mean, it has to be. What if they build a giant shark? It'd be so fucking cool. You, you know they're not going to. Yeah, they won't. <laughs> this sounds awful. <laughs> it does. So, fans of the original Halloween series will be pretty happy about this, maybe. <laughs> um, looks like Michael Myers is making a comeback. But don't call it a comeback. I'm leering at you, because last episode you were like, I hate you, Mr. Halloween. Derp, derp, derp. Did I say at any point that I'm excited? No, but you should be. Why? Because the original Halloween is awesome. Whatever. I don't, I don't think it's awful. I just don't care for it. Yeah, well, who asked you? You did. I don't think I did. I think you just spouted off. I think shut up. Can I can can I finish? Would you? Um, so anyways. <laughs> prick. Uh so yes, Halloween Returns is going to be the next sequel. Um but it's not being really counted as a sequel so much. It's being called a recalibration. Which is just another one of those words that people <laughs> use to say remake. Right. Um, well, this one sounds like it is, in fact, a recalibration of the franchise because they're currently casting, and one of the central characters is an 18-year-old child of one of Myers's victims, and another is a child of a cop who has long obsessed over Myers, grieving over their losses and wanting justice. That that cop, according to Shock Till You Drop, is Gary Hunt from the original Halloween Part 2, which means this is very possibly a sequel to the original Halloween 2. Hmm. Well, it could be. 
Uh, I mean, everything I've read about this implies that it is going to follow the original series. Which would be a recalibration of the franchise. You're basically forgetting everything for on and three, obviously, because it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. But sure, basically um, getting rid of all this stupid fucking thorn shit. Thorn shit. The oh, thorn, right. The cult of the thorn. Yeah, you're basically throwing that out the window like you should. Throwing mm-hmm. the trash where it belongs. <laughs> moving on with something new. Kind of like uh, Jurassic Park's doing, or Jurassic World's doing. Apparently, I haven't seen it, but I've heard well, that they, they are ignoring what two and three or something. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Apparently, this is like a direct sequel to. Oh shit! That was something Dr- I forgot Jurassic to Park. say in the story of Meg. Um, apparently, part of the reason they're going forward with it is because of the success of Jurassic World. Yeah, that's going to translate right in like two years when this is done. <laughs> Stupid. Apparently, uh, the sequel to Jurassic, Jurassic World has been greenlit already. I but, believe it. Because, of course, you know. Um, anyway, so, yes. Uh, it's going to be written by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. How are you? <laughs> uh, of Saw fame. Uh, it's going to be directed by Mark uh, Patrick Melton. Um, if you guys haven't listened to the episode of the movie Crypt with Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan, that is seriously, is it, that's Dunstan, right? That talks like that? I don't remember. Well, there's one of them, and they, that's seriously how they talk. Mm-hmm. And so it's so funny that these are the guys responsible for fucking Saw and The Collector. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, guys! <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no word on when this is exactly is going to be coming about. Um, but currently casting, I would think they would hopefully start filming this year. One would think. Right. Um, but yeah, I would... Uh, even even if, a, as a fan, I think you should probably kind of keep your reservations about this. Well, sure. Because even if you hated Halloween 3 through 6? Um, or no, I guess there's like 8. Well, the, yeah, there was 4, 5, and 6, and then there was H2O, and then there was Resurrection. Right. And... Then there was the remake, so yeah. Right, okay. So, yeah, I mean, if you hated those just because they're basically retconning them, doesn't mean this new one's going to be good. Right. So, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Wait till- I mean, let's be honest. If there is a, franchi- a horror franchise that needs a quote-unquote recalibration, this is the one. True. Yeah, I mean, we see what a shit show the actual full-on remakes have been with other franchises. Right. I mean... Friday the 13th is officially a joke. Yeah, which Night- is so sad. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, that didn't even have a fucking chance. Yep. That was not going anywhere. They they effectively destroyed Freddy. Yeah, they really did. Um, so, I mean, you know, hats off to him for keeping hope alive. I wish him the best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, I, I think this is the way to go because... With the Child's Play series, you know, they didn't try to remake Chucky like they had rumored they were going to. Mm-hmm. Um, was it the Re- Revenge of Chucky? Was that the new uh, one? Is it Revenge of Chucky or Chucky's Revenge? I think it's Chucky's Revenge. W- whichever it is. That was, I, I think, the best way to go. That was Revenge of Chucky. You're right. It, uh, it kind of seemed maybe at first like it was going to be right. a remake. But, you know, find out later on that it actually isn't. It's actually another... It's a sequel to the previous films. 
I like how they didn't actually retcon the horrible movies, mm-hmm. but they went back to the the feel yeah. of the original. Yeah, and that was that was awesome. They they managed to recapture, and I think that had a lot to do with um, bringing back Don Coscarelli. Yeah, or no, that's not his name. The director. Yeah. Yeah, Don Coscarelli. Is it? Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, bringing him back, I think, was a good idea um, because he definitely recaptured that feel that you got from like the first two films. Um, and you didn't have to restart it. You 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 can continue from where you left off. It did seem to ignore. Um. Bride and Seed of Chucky. Which is a good thing because those are fucking stupid. Well, actually, at the end, there was kind of a nod to Bride of Chucky with Jennifer Tilly. That's true. Um, anyway. No, Don Mancini. Thank you. I knew it was Mancini, but I kept wanting to say Harry, uh, Henry, Harry Mancini. Who is the composer for Friday the Thirteenth? That's Harry Manfredini. Manfredini. That's what I said. Was Harry hear? Mancini like a trumpet player or something? I don't know. I just get I get my names mixed up. Too many Enies and Weenies and Fredinis. Too many Guineas. Whoa. Hey, I'm Italian. I can say that. That's my word. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it back. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, if if they can do it right, if they can recapture the feel of the first two movies um, then I think they got something here because obviously it worked with Child's Play um, but if they're going to f- completely retool it and try to make a new film on the back of a new uh, or make, make a new series on the back of an original franchise then it's going to blow up in their face I think yeah I don't, I don't think you can like completely remake this franchise again this soon mm-hmm Rob Zombie is still fresh in everyone's mind. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't put it past Hollywood to try. Oh, fuck no. I mean, they're redoing Cabin in the Woods, so. Yeah. To the original script, even. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so, yeah. uh, When we hear more about this, we'll let you know. Um, But as of now, that's, that's all we got. There's no release date or anything like that. So, sit tight and we'll let you know what's going on. some news for Constantine fans like Tony mm. it's dead it's fucking dead give it up <laughs> this bummed me out so much when I read it I was like, I was like genuinely sad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like oh it, you know well go ahead uh, it's been on life support for a good long while with it talks of it moving to another network or possibly something online like Hulu or Netflix but creator Dan Cerrone announced via social media that despite attempts to move the show to a new network, efforts have been fruitless and the cast and crew are being released from their contracts. That was the kicker. It's like the fact that they were all still on contract and now it's just like, okay, well, it's done. You guys can go. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, 
Cerrone thanked fans, cast, and crew for their work in support in trying to save the show, but ultimately it was fruitless. There is no word as of now if there will be a DVD Blu-ray collection released. I have to imagine there will be. It depends. I mean, it it, it wouldn't be NBC doing it. It would be Warner Brothers because they're the production studio. Mm. Um, And, you know, the the thing that uh, Cerrone... Wrote, uh, wrote was it was really lengthy. I, I ended up skimming it because I didn't have time to read the whole thing. TLDR, hmm? TLDR, TLDR. Yep, too long. Didn't read. Oh, okay. I don't speak the uh, the internets. <laughs> you kids these days. Um, <clears throat> Tony's thirty now, so he's even more of a curmudgeon. Uh, but so yeah, start shaking sticks at things, <laughs> yelling at clouds. <laughs> so I was, I was reading about half of this, and I kind of skimmed the rest of it. And it was it was really heartfelt. It was it was uh, kind of heartbreaking heartbreaking to read. Um, that you know he was seemed very appreciative of of everyone that that worked on the show. I mean, uh, up to the uh, the people that wrote the original you know Hellblazer comic book. Um. But yeah, I mean, you could you could just tell by the way he was writing that he was just really fucking sad. And I can't say I blame him, but I'm, I'm I'm just really disappointed in other networks and stuff because, especially something like sci-fi or or fucking Hulu, it's like they could have expanded so much more than network television would have let them, and they just wouldn't do it. It's a real fucking bummer. Yeah, I mean, I personally didn't didn't really watch it not because i didn't want to i just it never really when i would sit down to watch tv it wouldn't come to mind mm-hmm. um i mean like so i really just, don't have an opinion but i mean that I, I didn't want it to go away by any means yeah but like we've discussed before i like i never watched it live like when it was on tv i'd always watch it the next day on hulu yeah which you know i'm i think in the norm is it still on that. hulu uh, I don't know. I haven't checked lately. I don't know if they pulled it based on this. Or now that I have cable, I don't really have much use for Hulu. Mm. Like I'll watch like the Hulu exclusives, like um, Deadbeat and Moonboy and stuff. But as far as like network TV, I don't really have much use for it anymore because I have on demand. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, it, it might still be on there. I don't know. Um, I think the movie had something to do with this. Constantine? Yeah. I th- I, th- I really think that... People were comparing it, or people were stayed away from it because the movie was so shitty? Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah it, that's probably a pretty strong possibility. Yeah, it's just like people f- fucking hated that movie. Because it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, I mean, I imagine anybody that was a Hellblazer fan was even more appalled by it because it was so far off base. Yeah. Um, but and because of that, I think a lot of people just didn't even give it a chance. Um, and I think that was mainly non-comic book fans. That would make sense because people, just casual people, yeah, it's like people that people like me who could see Matt Ryan as John Constantine, like just see a picture of him. It's like, oh man, they nailed it. He looks like fucking Constantine. That's that's almost enough to make you watch it there, and. 
like I mentioned many times before, it, was, it got off to a really slow start, but towards the end of the season, it was really starting to pick up and get interesting. Yeah. So it was a bit of a waiting game, and it was just—it's it, just a real shame that nobody wanted to take a gamble on it because yeah. it's had a lot of potential, I think. And um, I don't know. Uh, with the success of um, of of. I mean, in a day and age when there are lots and lots of superhero shows on TV, it just blows me away that they that this one couldn't survive. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that's a bummer. Um, well, I mean, when people are comparing you to Keanu, you're you're already doomed. So it's true. Um. So go ahead and. Uh, I mean, check check Hulu. I mean, if you want to watch it, it might still be on there. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you could find it through other means. <laughs> but uh, keep your eyes open. If, if if you're interested, keep your eyes open for a, a DVD release. Um, or it might be on like iTunes or something. It could be. I yeah. couldn't say for sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, but that's all she wrote for Constantine. So, you know, R.I.P. So it seems the curse of the crow kind of lives on. Yeah, it's very real. I mean, it obviously started with Brandon Lee in a bit of a more dramatic fashion. Um, but the the Crow remake has officially lost its third Eric Draven. That's nuts. Yeah. Uh, there was Bradley Cooper to start off with. I don't know that he was ever actually officially cast. I think he was attached. Oh, yeah. Um and then Luke Evans, he was actually, I believe, actually signed on. For a long time, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, you know, good on him to hang on for so long. But, you know, eventually he got to a point where he said he, he can't wait anymore. He, you know, he's probably, I imagine he was, like, turning down roles to wait for the crow. I would think so. So eventually he bailed. Um, then along came uh, John Houston, or Jack, Jack Houston, excuse me, Um who signed up, and uh, you would know him from Boardwalk Empire. Um, and everyone seemed to be content with that. I, I, I was never, never really watched Boardwalk Empire, so I'm not terribly familiar with him. But, I mean, you know, you put makeup on someone, you, you can make anybody the crow. So yeah. um, I really didn't have an opinion, I guess. Uh, anyway, but he was signed on for... Six months, about. Yeah. Mm, well, I'm trying to remember when we first reported on him joining. I, I, I don't. I feel like exactly it was when it went. earlier this year, but I don't know exactly when. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, um, he was having some scheduling conflicts. Um, because apparently, this is just weeks away from shooting. And he has scheduling conflicts. Yeah. How did you not know about these beforehand? Mm, I don't know. Um, but uh, director Corin Hardy said that Jack Houston is unfortunately unavailable, unavailable to continue with us on The Crow. 
The Crow is an amazing project, and I'm grateful that we have the time and patience to get it right. We look forward to unveiling our new lead and starting the film over the next several weeks. So that would lead maybe lead one to believe that they already have someone in mind. Tom Middleton. Tom Middleton? Yeah. Who the hell's that? Loki. Tom Hiddleston. That's what I said. Mm, right. <laughs> um, I don't know. That was a rumor at one point was that he was being circled. Yeah. There, there was a lot of people that were rumored. Yeah. Um, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt was one at one point. I don't know about that. I could see it. He's playing Sandman. No, that's true. Um, which is, you know, is almost visually identical. <laughs> I would say they should get Steve Borden, but he's pretty old. Steve Borden. Yeah. Sting. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, he's been repping that look longer than anyone at this point. It's true. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I mean that that's like I said, that statement almost makes you think maybe they already have somebody in mind or somebody ready to sign on. All right, guys, it's me. <laughs> They're really scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point, but I have agreed to do it. Surprise! Breaking news: <laughs> Taylor um, of Terror will be the crow. I signed on for fifty thousand dollars. Yep. And a free pizza. And one free pizza. <laughs> Personal size. A pizza. Um, anyway, so, yeah, we'll, uh, as soon as we hear something about this, we'll let you know. Um, but uh, those of you that are looking forward to it in probably maybe the next year or so, I would... Uh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I would hold on to your butts for a little while. <sighs> Nona Ryder is making her return to the horror thriller genre. And that is most good. <laughs> most good. <laughs> uh, she w- has been cast in an untitled thriller for Netflix. It was originally titled Montauk, but apparently somebody went, no, that's no good. Um, it's going to be... <laughs> that's rubbish. <laughs> it's going to be eight episodes. And it's set in the 1980s in the Long Island beach town and follows a two-year-old... Long Island. Long Island. It's, it's actually pronounced Lawn Guyland. <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a lawn, like a yard, and then like a guy, and then like a land. A fucking lawn. Fucking. Fucking. <laughs> set in the 1980s in a Long Island beach town following a two-year-old boy who mysteriously vanishes into thin air. Family, friends, and cops try to uncover the truth about his disappearance, which ends up involving top-secret government experiments, supernatural forces, and one very strange little girl. Ugh. <laughs> Winona Ryder will play the mother of the missing boy. Is it just me, or does this sound really fucking recycled? Uh, it sounds like a, like a hodgepodge of yeah. different things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's always got to be some fucking creepy little kid. Of course. I'm so sick of that. Um, Well, it's written by Matt and Ross Duffer, who are the writers of Wayward Pines. Duffer. That sounds very like like a character (laughs) from a a TV show. My name's Matt Duffer. 
Friends call me Duffer. <laughs> or the Duff. <laughs> yep. It's like, it's like, a, like a My Name is Earl character. <laughs> right then, I knew I had to help the Duff. <laughs> so yeah, Lydia Dietz herself making her comeback to the thriller genre. Are you excited? Mm, nope. But it's going to be most good. <laughs> I want to see her in fucking Beetlejuice, goddammit. I don't give a shit about this. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, like I said, this sounds really f- just a combination of things I've seen a million times before. Um, I'm genuinely starting to believe that people just have no ideas anymore. Not just, like, big-budget studios, but, like, just people in general have no original ideas. And if they do, then it's so fucking out there that it's like, I don't want to watch this because it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a point where people just become too artistic and too new. Bougie. Well, I don't know. Bougie's the right word. No, it is. Okay. Don't argue with me. So, I don't know. I wonder um, why, why they scrapped the name Montauk. Um, when they didn't have anything better. Well, isn't Montauk in, like, New England? You, there, I think there's a Montauk in New England, yeah. Is there a Montauk in Long Island? I, fuck if I know. Well, if there's not, then it wouldn't make much sense. I suppose, unless it's, like, their last name or something. Uh, it's probably not. But But it could be. You don't know. God God damn it. God damn it. Pain in the ass. If you're not going to give me answers, then you have to accept my hypotheses. You have to accept these nuts. I don't have to do anything. Accept them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's on Netflix, so if you've got a... um, subscription, you got nothing to lose. I mean, you're not paying anything for it. Except four to eight hours of your life. Right. That's time you'll never get back. And time is money. Time is money. Yep. Well, I mean, you you know, if you break down like the years of your life into minutes, then wasting those four hours could be tragic. Yep. Well, it could seem that way anyway. Yep. It was a stupid conversation. <laughs> you're, you're a stupid conversation. Your mom's a stupid conversation. Take it back. My mother's a saint. <laughs> it's a madhouse. Oh, so they play. It's a madhouse. Oh, my insanity. Nothing's behind me. What can I do? So this sounds exciting maybe there's one thing about it that I'm a little put off by but we'll get there okay um upcoming film film uh called Death House it has been described which sounds really cheesy but stick with us yeah it does it's it's a dumb name it is I mean there's no way around that it sounds like like something you would find at Best Buy in the bargain bin and it would be in like the clear DVD case Mm -hmm. you can always tell it was cheap because it was clear yeah and it's flat (laughs) yep you know what I'm saying oh yeah I bought plenty of those (laughs) 
Um, it has been described as the Expendables of horror. See now, this is what this is what puts me off. This was Bruce Campbell's idea. But did he? He didn't seem to have like an idea. At least he didn't talk about it. Of course, that's his style. But I mean, he wanted to make an Expendables of horror. Well, you know, you fucking sit on your ass and not do anything, then somebody's going to steal your idea. Okay, it's fine that someone else did it. My problem is Bruce isn't fucking in it. Sure, he's a little busy. <laughs> uh, he can make time. Listen this to this. The Expendables of horror. This is important. This is bigger than all of us. <laughs> okay, but listen to this cast. Robert England. Freddy Krueger. Are you going to do that with all of them? Uh, no, I guess not. Did you want me to? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I won't. Uh, Kane Hodder. Gunnar Hansen. Ken Foray. D. Wallace. Michael Berryman. Doug Bradley. And no Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a running gag. <laughs> I don't think anybody gets it, though. <laughs> It's the Charlie Brown music. It just doesn't sound like the Charlie Brown music to me. Well, that's because you're tone deaf. Oh, okay. My mistake. Um, Gunnar Hansen, who, of course, played the original Leatherface. Look at me! I'm Leatherface! Uh, he actually wrote this. Um, so, you know, venturing out a little bit. Um, it's going to be directed by B. Harrison Smith. Not familiar with his work, if he has any. Um, but he described this uh, movie as a gore-soaked, violent, and horrid... Go- gore-soaked, violent, and horridly dark. Um, and he would very much like to turn this into a franchise. <laughs> I'll bet he would. Um, I believe this actually also uh, has um, Danny Trejo in it. And uh, if I'm remembering... Danny Trejo is not on the IMDb. No? No. Hmm. I could have sworn I read that he was. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly what the the, the theme of the film is, um, Robert England, Kane Hodder, and Gunnar Hansen are... Or no, sorry. Robert England, Kane Hodder, and, and Doug Bradley, I believe. Uh, or no. There are four. God damn it. Okay, Robert England, Kane Hodder, Gunnar Hansen, and Doug Bradley, they play four serial killers known as the Four Horsemen. Um, they each kind of have their own forte as far as murder goes. Um, and they've been known as the most dangerous and prolific serial killers you know, in America. Um, they're locked up in this Supermax prison. Uh, D. Walls is a professor, right? I think it's D. Walls. A professor at a local college um, brings her psychology class to the prison to kind of uh, analyze um, the four horsemen and serial killers in general. And, of course, shit breaks loose. The four horsemen are Robert England, Gunnar Hansen, Doug Bradley, and Bill Mosley. Ah, yes. Okay, so Bill Mosley's in it as well. 
Um, well, if you've got it pulled up in front of you, why don't you go and read it? Uh, it says, The Four Horsemen are the most notorious serial killers of all time. Robert England's weapon of choice is fire. Gunnar Hansen has an unquenchable thirst for human flesh. Bill Mosley is a surgeon and tends to focus on mutilation and torture. And Doug Bradley shares a bond with spiders, particularly the brown recluse, whose poison Bradley is happy to dispense among those unfortunate enough to meet him. All four killers are safely housed in a maximum security wing in the basement of the infamous Dot-Off Prison, a.k.a. the Death House. Um, and I don't think it explained it in that, but it sounds like what happens in the movie is uh, Sid Haig's in it, too. I just, I'm just i just remembering all these people that are in it. These people are not showing up on IMDb, but that, I mean, that doesn't mean they're not in it, because this says Bill Mosley, and he's not on there, so... Yeah, Sid Haig, he's like the leader of a cult. Oh, no! What? <laughs> Harrison Smith did Six Degrees of Hell. Oh, no. <laughs> I have this overwhelming feeling of dread right now. <laughs> not that I thought this was going to Yeah, that just brought the mood down. <laughs> I know, not that I thought this necessarily was going to be like any kind of award winner, but... Oh, my God. Six degrees of hell is so bad. Okay, Danny Trejo is listed here. I thought he was. I think he's the as well as Barbara Crampton. Yes, I. Okay, I remember that. Um, Yes, I I think Danny Trejo. He's the warden of the of the prison. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so yeah, all hell breaks loose, and like Sid Haig, he's the leader of a cult, um, and his followers break him out of jail and create just this havoc in this prison. And while these psychology kids are trying to, you know, protect their own lives, they kind of find that, like, their best protectors are the four horsemen. (laughs) So they kind of become anti-heroes in a way, I think. Interesting. If, If I'm understanding what I read correctly. Um... Anyway, so it, it sounds like it could be a halfway decent movie. Like I said, I'm not expecting anything like mind blowing, but that six degrees of hell. Oh my god. <laughs> um Smith pitched it as Assault on Precinct thirteen meets Jurassic Park without the dinosaurs. So Jurassic Park without the dinosaurs, it's its nothing. <laughs> That's just people running away from nothing. Have you seen the video that someone replaced all the dinosaurs with cats? No. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is start, set to start filming in uh, mid-August. So I have a much longer synopsis if you'd like it. Okay. Um, this might be the one I read. So I don't that, know. that stuff I said earlier, that's the beginning. <laughs> And then the newest inmate to the prison is Sid Haig, a Hitler wannabe with a cult following whose right-hand man, Jeff, is almost as sadistic as him. It doesn't say who plays Jeff. Yep. Also arriving at the prison is a, co- is a college field trip led by Professor D. Wallace. She brings her psychology class every year to observe, from a safe distance, of course, the four horsemen in their prison habitat. The students include Anna, a no-nonsense passionate student, Nick, who's taking the class for a glorified credit, Harold, the geek who could have majored in anything and been successful, and Susie, the slut of the group. Holy tropes. I know. What would a slut be doing in a psychology class? Where's the jock, though? 
Shoot, right, yeah. Well, there's Nick who's taking the class for a glorified credit. He's probably a jock. And yeah, most likely. During the tour of the prison by Warden Danny Trejo, Jeff and the cultists invade, staging a prison break to free their godlike leader, and they are shooting to kill. The assault, the assault is successful as they free Sid, but the warden locks down the prison to keep Sid from escaping and contain the prison break. The warden directs the students down a back passage to the boiler room to save their lives. Unfortunately, that is the warden's last move as he is gunned down by the infiltrating mob. Spoilers. <laughs> Anna hits the button to release the four horsemen from their cells, knowing they are the only option to take down the mob and save their own lives in the process. But blood is universal, and soon the students find themselves navigating a brutal and gruesome labyrinth to survive as the four horsemen, in their quest for freedom, unleash holy hell. I I like it, conceptually. I mean... It sounds like it could be cool, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I do see the the assault on uh, Precinct 13. Um... And I guess maybe like the prisoners are the dinosaurs in the, in the Jurassic Park. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, you know, Her- uh, B. Harrison Smith, he wrote Six Degrees of Hell, too. So he didn't write this one. Well, actually, he wrote the, the rewrites. Oh, my God. <laughs> I. Oh, God. Okay. Well, mid-August starts filming. Um, probably see it. I just saw something that said they have a release date set of October 20th. I don't know if that's next year, because there's no way they're going to f- get this done in two months. Maybe they will. I don't know. <laughs> it depends on how big they're going with the budget. That's true. Um, anyway, so if we hear more, we'll let you know. Keep an eye out for it. So... Let's move on. Death House! Had to get that out, sorry. This is my turn, isn't it? Like it or not, there is an all-female Ghostbusters coming. We've we've come to accept it. We're not um, happy about it, but they recently started filming in in fucking Boston, dude. Fucking Boston. Fucking Boston. They're calling it New York. I know it. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake! I, I, they're gonna film like scenes, probably like at the library and just bit scenes in Manhattan, but. Most of it is being filmed. Stock footage, flyover. In, in Everett, Massachusetts, I guess. Um, which somebody incorrectly reported online that it was Everett, Washington. <laughs> and we were like, oh, let's go bash it up. Yeah. I wanted to throw uh, water balloons filled with diarrhea. That's disgusting. Yeah, I know. You're twisted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we got some new info. We got a uh, plot outline, kind of. Um, in the new Ghostbusters not the new Ghostbusters that was the cartoon <laughs> but just Ghostbusters uh, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy play a pair of unheralded authors who write a book positing that ghosts are real flash forward a few years and Wiig lands a prestigious teaching position at Columbia U which is pretty sweet until her book resurfaces and she is laughed out of academia Wiig reunites with McCarthy and the other two proton pack pack holy shit other two proton pack packing phantom wranglers and she gets some sweet revenge when ghosts invade Manhattan and she and her team have to save the world. 
Also, potential spoilers. So if you're really excited about this, then knock it off. <laughs> but apparently, stop it. Slimer will be making a cameo. Why are they doing this to me? <laughs> um, yeah, this is set for release on July 22nd of next year. That's 2016. Do you see the set photos? Yeah. I don't like Kate McKinnon. Like what the hell was she wearing? I don't know, but the fact that she was wearing it made me want to punch her in the head. They all look like they were from different like time periods. <laughs> Kristen Wiig looked like she was from the fifties or something. Yeah, she was like really drab, like wearing. She like, had like big hair and. I don't remember the big hair, but. Um, she had like a suit with big shoulder pads and shit. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Melissa McCarthy. She was uh, wearing. Um, just like really scrubby clothes. Yeah. And Kate McKinnon was wearing, I think, overalls. She was covered like, in paint. Yeah. And then she had goggles on for some reason. Yeah, and her hair was all crazy. Um, yeah, I don't like her like a lot. <laughs> I don't think um, she's even a little funny. And also, in case you haven't heard by now, uh, Thor has been cast as the receptionist. That's Chris Hemsworth. Um, this this is this is depressing to talk about. It's gotten to that point. Like it makes me just so sad to talk about this. And it's not. I don't want to get into a big thing, but it's not like an anti-feminist thing. That's not the reason we hate it. It's just the movie itself is unnecessary. Casting all women as Ghostbusters. It dumb. feels fake to me. It feels like uh, forced Paul Feig saying, "Look how much of a feminist I am." Yeah, like you, you don't need to prove it to me. It's, for me, it's I hate Paul Feig. His movies are shit. Uh, I don't like Melissa McCarthy. She is like the female version of Jack Black. She has one go-to character, and that's all she can play. And she's not funny. Uh, I, I do have to give credit to Paul Feig, though, because he co-created Freaks and Geeks, which is, like, the best show ever. Okay. I, I got to give credit where credit's due, man. Well, I can still say fuck him. You can. I'm just saying. It's just, this this movie... <sighs> mm. Let's not make it a thing. Let's just move on. Okay. Let's just let's go to remains. Okay. Here are the remains. Um, you know, we're not really... One for, we're not really a show for gossip or celebrity gossip, but this struck me as interesting. Uh, apparently, Norman Reedus and Emily Kinney have actually. Well, it, it appears that they've started dating. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> uh, you know, they obviously are Daryl Dixon and Beth Green on The Walking Dead, um, and I think a lot of people were just sitting around wondering if Beth and. Daryl, we're going to hook up. It appears that they yep. are. <laughs> Just really sticking it to her. Even though she's dead. Yep. Hey, you know, in the post-apocalyptic zombie world, everyone's dead. That's true. Uh, can't be picky. Uh, the, uh, someone that is close to the couple, it's kind of an unnamed source, said uh, they had a connection early on in the show, but their romance developed recently. He said they're still pretty guarded about it, 
which is fair. I mean, why would you want to broadcast? When you're a celebrity, why would you want to broadcast something like that? Because then it instantly becomes like front page news. Right. And that's just stupid. I mean, like I said, you know, we don't talk about gossip like this usually because who gives a fuck? Yeah, people, they're, are, people. they're allowed to live lives. Yeah, and we don't have to give a shit about every single thing they do. Exactly. Um, I guess uh, Norman Reedus was spotted in the crowd at one of uh, Emily Kinney's shows. She's a she's a singer, of yeah. course. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you're good for them. Yeah, I hope they're happy. Yeah. Uh, elevator. That's right. Elevator's back. I, honestly, because we hadn't heard a single thing about this for so long, I thought it was dead, which it probably should have been. But um, okay. it's back. Yeah. Elevator. <laughs> it's been greenlit finally by Game Show Network for eight episodes. And we actually know a little bit of what it's about now. <laughs> in Elevator, a team of three friends rides a haunted elevator into various levels of an abandoned warehouse. One player must get out on each floor and conquer a frightening challenge in order to mer- earn money, up to $50,000, for the team. But if they don't make it back in time, the elevator moves on without them. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the really exciting part. The show is going to be hosted by Jen and Sylvia Soska. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, they uh, actually both said online, you know, in Facebook and probably other places as well, they said that they had like three things that they were keeping secret and they were going to reveal them over time. Uh, one of them was... That oh, that they, was a Crypticon. Huh? That was a Crypticon they said that. Did they? Yeah, in their panel. I don't remember that. Um, but they did say that... Or they, they revealed one that they are going to be working with Marvel... Mm-hmm. On a on a new comic series, Painkiller Jane. No, no, not that one. Painkiller Jane is a different comic label. Oh, um, I, I I don't remember exactly what their comic is going to be called. But are you talking about Kill Crazy Nymphos Attack? No. Oh, something else. How many comics are they working on? God damn, I don't know, man. Uh, and so I I presume this was probably the second thing that they're revealing is that they're going to be. It, they were described as pulling the strings throughout the series. Yeah. Uh, that they were throughout the show. Uh, I took that to mean that they were... I saw other reports that said that they are hosting. Okay. Well, yeah, that's cool. Uh, they are fucking busy. No shit. They are working their asses off. I, you know, I am amazed by them that they can be so busy and still appear to have such active social lives. Yeah. It's like it's mind blowing. Like I, feel, you know, I work a full time job. I do this show. I don't really do much else because I feel like I don't have time to. Yeah. So you know, good for them. They probably don't sleep. Maybe not. They they could be like vampires or something. I've I've seen them close up. They could be vampires. <laughs> uh, Penny Dreadful is coming back for a third season. Um. I haven't watched it since the first season. I hear it's good, and I hear it's crap, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> All right. I don't have showtime, so I can't watch it. Well, I could, but <laughs> I opt not to. It's not worth my time. <laughs> um, I'll wait till it comes on Netflix. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a nine-episode season, which seems short, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. I think I read the current one is 10, so it's one less. Okay. Uh, and it's going to be starting in 2016. Those of you that watch the show could probably guess from that when exactly in 2016 it's going to be starting. Um, so, yeah, get ready. 
And finally, Beast Media Group Division VR Works is putting out a Paranormal Activity VR game. Uh, it's going to be available for all major face-wearable game consoles, uh, and you, you're going to get pink eye. <laughs> Do you remember when virtual reality was really popular, like, 20 years ago? No. No? No. Like, the virtual boy and shit? No, like, when you go to, like, fucking GameWorks or something, and they had that big fucking headset you had to put on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you stood yeah, yeah. in a ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, like, almost 20 years Back ago. when 3D was popular, too? Yeah. Time is cyclical. <laughs> it's true. But, yeah, don't put those things on your face. Seriously. <laughs> you can get pink eye. You're going to get pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> or a sty or something. Yeah, it's gross. Just don't do it. Nobody wants to go near you and you have a sty. If you're going to put a thing on your face, then buy one and make sure you're the only one that puts it on your face. Or bring some, like... Fucking Clorox wipes with you or something. Purell all over the inside. Purell your eyeballs. Lysol. Spray all inside. And your face. Yeah. Spray Lysol in your face. (laughs) And on the people around you. Okay, so that's going to do it for horror business. Um, Like I said, no interview. uh, Because of a very, very stressful week. Um, we, got, we, we got stuff in the works. We do. We, st- we still do. We still do. <laughs> like we like we said last time. There's stuff brewing. Don't worry about We're it. We're working on it. Um, just bear with us through this episode. You know, I, I, I have to apologize if I seem a little out of it. I'm very tired. Uh, I think you've been holding in all right. Huh? I think you've been holding in there all right. Oh, thank you. I uh, haven't slept much for about five days. <laughs> I got, I think I got my last full night's sleep on Monday. And like we mentioned earlier, it's Friday now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very, very, very tired. Uh, anyway, so since there's nothing holding us up, let's just go ahead and do our reviews. Taylor, what do you want to start with? Um, burying the X. I just got a shipment of costumes. You want to play dress up? There's naughty nurse, mischievous maid, slutty schoolgirl, and hussy housewife. Oh, all my favorites. I promise we will always be together. Always and forever. Hey, you think you could sneak away from work for a minute? Surprise! So? Do you love it or do you love it? We have to make these sorts of decisions together. You can go to hell. You gotta do something about that broad, bro. The sex is rad. Text dumper. It's quick, easy, and depending on your wireless plan, it could even be free. I can't text dumper. You don't have unlimited texting? Emily's a tough chick. She'll be back on her feet in no time. break up with her anyways, remember? What am I supposed to do? All the things you used to love to do. Hey, ladies, Max is single and ready to mingle. Hey, Olivia. Nice. Are you doing anything, like, right now? To moving on. To moving on. Son of a bitch! Kiss, kiss. Travis. 
It's Evelyn. She's back. Your girlfriend is so gone. Who does her makeup? And she thinks we're still dating. Is that snow? She in my pants. There's a freaking Tim Burton movie in your living room. Embalming fluid. 911 emergency. My girlfriend came back from the dead and then she ate my brother and now she's gonna eat me. Hello? Okay, so Bearing the X is a brand new movie. Just came out. Um, it uh, was actually originally. Uh, released last year um, but it was doing the festival circuit I believe and uh, was just released on kind of home media today Uh, it stars uh, Anton Yelchin uh, better known as uh, Chekhov better known as a poor man's Elijah Wood yeah definitely Um, Ashley Green um, honestly I can't think of anything else she's been in I know she was in Twilight apparently I right. I don't know who she was in that. She I mean, was. Not that uh, I've seen it. <laughs> um, hang on, I got her pulled up here. Uh, Alice. Okay, means nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, just, uh, just an angel. <laughs> Alexandra Daddario. Um, Girl, you'll fire. Lay you down. Fire. Um. And Oliver Cooper, who took me a while to figure out who he was, but he, if you saw the last season of Californication, he played Hank's illegitimate son. So, um, anyway, so the, the, the movie is about Max and Evelyn. Um, my, uh, they're in a relationship, and Max, he's a total pushover, but he's just fucking hates his relationship. <laughs> Like, it seems like Evelyn is a nice enough girl, but she's so demanding, and she's one of those girlfriends that, like, forces her beliefs on you. Yeah. Like, she forces him to eat vegan. She forced him to sell his uh, um, car to get a a hybrid, hybrid, which he never actually drove. He he always drove around in a scooter. um, Travis says she... She made you sell your car because it's not a hybrid. He never right. actually said that he got a hybrid. So. Good point. Okay. So that explains that. Um, but he does ride around on a four-wheel Razor scooter. Is it four? I thought it was three. Was it three? I don't know. It looked like it was two in the front and one in the back. Maybe. But, you know, the adult way to get around. Right. Of course, you know, we talked about that while we were watching it. And, uh, you know, mentioned they, they live in Hollywood somewhere hollywood <laughs> hollywood uh, kids you know it, it, funny, it, it cracks me up how they glorify hollywood it's like if you've been to hollywood it's cool to walk around the strip for a couple hours but my god i would never live there yeah <laughs> it's so crowded and dirty and i gotta imagine it's terrifying at certain parts <laughs> of the night i would think yeah <laughs> um Anyway, so I lost my train of thought. Uh, Evelyn, she's very demanding. Um, she 
and she she's uh, like a super environmentalist. She works at a blog. A, a, she works at a blog. Yes, I mean their goal. They run an online blog, and it's about preserving the environment. Um, very green and forces this on him. Uh, he comes home at one point. And she has completely redone their new home. They just moved into a new. I guess you call it a house. Well, no, I guess, maybe a condo. Maybe I don't know. It, 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 it's kind of an apartment thing. Who knows? Uh, but she's redone everything to make the the apartment green. She painted the wall with a green paint that was made from wheatgrass. Yeah. Uh, she put bins like actually bolted bins up on the walls. Like. 12 of them. Yeah, of different kinds of recyclables. Now, for most people that recycle, you just put it into the one bin. Yeah. <laughs> and you let the guys at the recycling center deal with that. Um, and she she put down a runner carpet that's hypoallergenic, but you can't stand on it with the shoes. Right. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, you get an idea. I mean, th- I think we've all dated someone like that. That really insisted on you. Yeah, maybe not that specifically, but who, sure, yeah. who wanted to push their belief system, their lifestyle on you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm sure everybody can relate to that. Maybe not to that extreme, but in some way. Um, and like I said, she's not a bad person necessarily, I don't think. Um, she's just. She's very, not very likable as no. a character. No, she's really not, but I mean, obviously that was the point of the movie. Um, Max also works at a Halloween, a, a year-round Halloween store. It looks fucking awesome. Does it look awesome though? I mean, it has like well, I mean, it looks like a like a Halloween-themed antique store. A little bit, yeah. It's, it's very, it's very tiny. It's like a hole in the wall. Yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> okay. The idea of it is awesome, but yeah, in in and of itself, it's it's small. It's just like shit stacked on top of shit, and yeah. Uh, he gets her delivery. In this delivery, inexplicably, they never explain it. Not once. So they don't even attempt to delve into this. A package arrives. He does in- say, I didn't order this. That's that's the most you get. Okay. Um, there is a package with the delivery. Inside includes a devil genie bobblehead type thing. <laughs> um it's kind of cool looking. I wouldn't mind having one. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know what it looked like uh, when uh, in Aladdin, when Jafar becomes yes. a genie? That's, yes. a, that's pretty much what it looks like. Exactly. Um, and so he makes, or he gets Evelyn to put on a, uh, a naughty nurse out, <laughs> outfit while in the store. And after humping, um, they say that like they'll they'll always be together and they're never going to part or you know their love will always keep them together something like that um and that granted a wish through this genie that was apparently real <laughs> so max's uh half brother um travis. travis he um convinces him that he's got to break up that one uh he was going to do it once before and pussied out and so Travis finally told him, you, you have to do this. You have to nat up. 
Especially after he met Alexandra Daddario's character, who is just precious. <laughs> she is so great. And Her name I, is Olivia. Yes. And they have very similar names. Evelyn and Olivia. Sure. Um, L's but, and V's and vowels. <laughs> yeah. Very good, Taylor. Uh, let, let's just run down who Olivia is. She's very, like, kind of... I don't, I don't want you to do that anymore. She's kind of like a like a rock chick, you know. Think of she's like got a, purple streaks in her hair. Yeah. She's got pur- is it purple or blue? I couldn't It's purple. Okay. Purple streaks in her hair. She owns an ice cream shop where she hand makes all of her ice cream. Called Ice Cream. Right. She's way into horror, which Max also happens to be. She um, has a flavor called Fruit Brute. Yeah, uh, named after the cereal with, that I want to get a tattoo of. <laughs> I've told you this, right? No, oh, I want to get a tattoo with all the monsters, like Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry, Fruit Brute, and Yummy Mummy, with a banner that says "The Breakfast Club." <laughs> nice. You should find like an iconic picture of like the Universal monsters all together. Yeah, and then get it like posed the same way. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. Uh, She's just awesome. Like, and she's adorable. I mean, like, on top of all those things that are awesome about her, she's just adorable to, to really, you know, top it off. And so, uh, Evelyn becomes instantly jealous and just flies off the handle about it because it seems like Olivia might be kind of flirting with Max and Max is just kind of being nice to her. Um, or maybe vice versa. I don't know. Well, he was he was flirty McGee, so sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, so like I said, Travis finally convinces him to break up with her, <clears throat> and he <laughs> tells him he has to do it somewhere in public so she can't freak out. Uh, so he calls her to a dog park, um, and when she's crossing the street to get to the dog park, she's hit by a fucking bus, <laughs> and she flies like twenty feet. Yeah. Uh, was it just me or did it seem like the injuries weren't substantial enough? It, well, I mean, she could have broken her neck, but that wasn't really explained. Well, I mean, she had like, I really saw it was like blood gushing out of her head. It wasn't even gushing. It was just there. It was just a lot of blood on her forehead. She wasn't like bleeding. Uh, anyway. She donned the proverbial crimson mask. Yep. It's a wrestling term. Oh. All right. Going with a theme here. Mm. Since we had the WWE. Well, it's a theme now. Yeah, because I had Steve Borden reference. Oh, okay. Uh, Anyway, so Evelyn dies and she's buried. But then. It's not a spoiler, it's the name of the movie. Right. Um, Then she comes back to life as a zombie. Um, But not a typical zombie. It's, uh, I mean, it's not a virus zombie. It's not a. What would be another kind of zombie? Um, I mean, she's not like a Romero zombie. She's not like a rage zombie. She's she's fully sentient. Yes, she's she's basically just a dead person. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the most. She still has all her thoughts, memories. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is, she doesn't sleep and she doesn't eat. Yeah, so. And she knows she's dead. She's not in any, any, under any um, 
notion that she was like reincarnated. She she knows that she's a walking dead person. Yeah. <laughs> uh and uh Yes, and so it just obviously uh hilarity ensues. <laughs> Granted. Uh where Max is just trying to figure out how to deal with his reanimated dead girlfriend. Meanwhile, trying to st- strike up a new relationship with Olivia um, while trying to hide the fact that not only is Evelyn still in the picture, but that she is, in fact, a zombie. All right. So there's that whole thing. Um, and I think I'll probably stop there as far as explaining the movie. I'll let you watch the rest. So, Taylor, what did you think? Um... Well, first off, you can't go into this movie expecting it to be anything more than it is. This, no. this is a, a cheesy movie. It's corny. It's it's meant to be fun. And it's it's not meant to be horror. It's not meant to be scary. It's you know, not incredibly gory. It's it's just a goofy movie. Mm-hmm. Um I think because it's directed by Joe Dante, people expected more than it was. Yeah, I I definitely believe that. For those of you who don't know, Joe Dante is the director of Gremlins and The Howling. and uh... But compare this more to Gremlins than The Howling. Right. But even Gremlins is a little more satirical, I would say. Whereas this is a little more slapstick. Sure. I mean, this movie's got one-liners, for Christ's sake. Yeah. It's that kind of movie. But they don't do it in a, in a really serious way i mean they, they it's very lighthearted. yeah um i i went and read a couple of reviews today and most of them are like really pan it yeah like it I've, I've i've i got that impression too it's like people just don't like this movie and it everyone that i read feels like they went into it expecting something different mm-hmm and I don't know what they expected. I don't know if they like they probably expected Gremlins, because it's. I mean, you know, it's a comedy. That part's not hidden. Mm-hmm. But they they probably expected something a little more satirical, a little maybe a little darker. Because this is not a dark movie. It's. I mean, even the appearance of it, it's very bright. Yeah, the, their apartment is bright lime green, mm-hmm. and there's always it's always well lit at all times, except for when they're like in the graveyard. But right, fucking. They don't fuck in the graveyard. They fuck in the car. They fuck in the car in the graveyard. In the parking lot of the graveyard. There are no parking lots and graveyards. They're driveways. <laughs> okay. I'll give you that. But, it, by the way, that part, they actually go to the screening of Nightmare, uh, not Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Night of the Living Dead, the original, uh, at the, oh shit, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's this big, like, famous... Um, Cemetery in Hollywood. Uh, actually, I think it's Montecito, if I'm not mistaken. Hollywood Forever. Yes. So I guess maybe it is in Hollywood somewhere. Um. It says it's in Los Angeles. Okay. Well, Hollywood is Los Angeles technically. Yeah. Um, it's like saying Brooklyn. Right. Um. Anyway, but yeah, this really awesome fucking um, cemetery. There are tons of like famous people buried and interned there. Um, but every Halloween, or I guess 
Halloween Eve, I think, usually. That's uh, how it was in the movie. Yeah. Um, they play Night, uh, Night of the Living Dead on the side of a huge mausoleum. It's fucking Was awesome. that what it was? Yeah. Nice. Um, I've never been to it uh, because I was not old enough at the... Th- when I lived there, I wasn't old enough, and I haven't been down there in October in order to do it, but it... it I have to imagine the event is awesome. It seems cool. It seems really fun. Um, So if you're in the L.A. area, I would highly suggest you go check that out. If you're, well, if you're listening to this, you must be into horror. So Um, anyway, so carrying on. Um, Yeah, I think it's much more slapstick kind of comedy. It's, I would say it's somewhat like Shaun of the Dead. Um, Shaun of the Dead, obviously the zombies are more your traditional zombies, yeah. whereas this the zombie is a character. And a big difference between this and a lot of like most zombie movies, there isn't an outbreak. Right. There is one zombie. Yeah, and it's a like like you said, it's from a wish. Yeah. So it's 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 like I said Although it does spread. We won't get into that. It's a, okay. it's a little bit of a spoiler, so we won't yeah, really talk I, about it. I didn't that. want to like, talk about, go too far into it. But. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, yeah, but you're right. I mean, to expect too much of this would be faulty. Like, you have to know that this is a comedy straight, like, through and through with horror elements to it. <clears throat> Much like Shaun of the Dead, like you said. Um, and uh, you know, taking it too seriously, it's like you're you're not going to get past that, and yeah. you're, you're going to destroy what the movie does have because you're expecting you're setting your sights too high, um, and you're you're looking for something that isn't there, and so ultimately, I mean, you're you're going to be disappointed. Yep. So, um, th- things about it that I didn't like though is it. Most of it felt like it's it was just an episode of Three is Company or something, where it's <laughs> the fact that she was a zombie wasn't really central to the story. It was just him trying to keep these two girls from finding out about each other. Yeah, I definitely would like to see more zombie elements. Yeah, so like th- there's there's a good deal of it where the fact that she's a zombie is secondary to yeah. just the love triangle. Yeah, definitely. Um, it. Uh, it was more of a device rather than a theme. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, like I agree, I would... I would that was a, a little bit of a disappointment, but not enough to deter me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the character of Travis, at times I thought he was funny, at other times I thought he was annoying. Um and like we talked about, we were watching it. He's this guy, and he's fat, and he's just disheveled. He's unshaven. He looks like he may, may not have bathed in a while. <laughs> um, he's not very smart. He's not very funny. But he bangs these gorgeous women. Yeah, he just he he pulls like he, an FHM model. Is that what he's yeah. talking about? And it's like you see him trying to pick up these girls, and he doesn't have game either. Yeah, he like he he has a job where he does. He's one of the sign spinners on the side of the road. No, yeah. and at one point he's dressed like a Viking, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, baby, you ever bang a Viking? Once you go Norse, you have no remorse." 
It's like, does, does that work? <laughs> it must. I mean. Yeah, like at the beginning of the movie, he's having a threesome. Like, how? how? <laughs> uh, and Yeah, um, he reminded me a lot of the two kids from Sex Drive. This <laughs> is like, no, well, apparently he does have an ability to close, but his, his ability to open is just epic. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> what's up? What's up? You want to hang out? With us? What about you? Pros and cons? Um, pros, uh, I liked the cast. I thought they all worked really well together. Yeah? Um, I I have not been a big fan of Anton Yelchin in the past. Something about him has just kind of irked me. But I, I think he did all right in this. Yeah? Um, I think he was... I mean, Elijah Wood would be better, but... <laughs> sure. Um... He wasn't super awkward like I've seen him be in other things. Like he was kind of a pushover, like you said, he's kind of kind of a poon. But sure, but I mean that I think that was the character. He was he, he was just not he was weird, uh, or not not he was not weird. That's the one. Um, like there was this movie I saw. It was I want to say it was Odd Thomas. Sounds familiar. I think it's based on a comic book, if I remember right. Um, he's just—he's a fucking weirdo in that. I mean, it's—it's it's, it's the character, so yeah. I guess he played the character fine, but he was just weird in that. Um, Fright Night. He was just off-putting. Um, I mean, he did all right in Star Trek. as Chekhov. Um, but I don't know. Something about him is just always kind of been off-putting to me and he did he did all right in this and then uh ashley green she played like that really overbearing bitchy ex-girlfriend really well not really bitchy though that's the thing she was overbearing but she was nice about it yeah i mean to to him she did she was a bitch to travis yeah she was she was she was never she never seemed like she was using max no she like I. She seemed like she like genuinely loved him, uh, but just didn't know how to back off. Yeah. So, um, and I did like some of the subtle nods to the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Um, like at one point there is a Romero and Sons moving company, right? Which is a little, you know, a little eye rolling, but yeah. Um, and then like there's. Every time he's at work, there's movies in the background. And then, like Tony said, they went and saw Night of the Living Dead. And then there was, like, at one point he's watching Plan 9. Right. Um, and then I also, like, when, when he first comes home after she painted their apartment, it does, like, the, what's it called, the Dutch angle? Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and then it plays, like, it sounds almost exactly like the, the strings from Psycho. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, th- that was something that I think we... Even even if you're in a good relationship, it's something you've experienced before. When she remodeled their, no, not remodeled, but redecorated their apartment, he had these apparently like very, like he had like pristine collectors movie posters, like like four movie imported, yeah, yeah, po- posters that he was actually keeping in order to put a down payment on his own Halloween store, yeah. Because that's what one town needs to competing year-round Halloween stores. Well, if it's Hollywood, 
podcast. Um, and she took them down off the walls, folded them, creased them, and put them in a drawer. Uh, and I think we can all relate to something like that at least once in our lives. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's that's kind of the relationship they had. And like I said, the cast all worked really well together. Uh, Alex, Alexander, Daddario, she... She was she was very cute, and I don't remember seeing her play a role that was just cute like that before. She's always been kind of uh, kind of like a badass chick, a little bit, yeah. I mean, like the first thing I ever saw her in was one of those Percy Jackson movies, and you know she's like the the daughter of Athena, so she's just like this real hard ass. <laughs> and so I guess I've always had that image of her in my mind. Um, so this was something very different. I felt. Um, she was, she's a real sweetheart. She's like super nice, like all the time. Yeah. Um, but the whole cast together, they really bounced off each, played off each other really well, and um, uh, the movie was, was funny. Uh, I mean, the the jokes were funny. The um, the characters were funny. I thought. I mean, like you said, that uh, Travis, he was a little much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like. I think he was just trying to play that friend that we all have who's kind of a slob but like he's always there to kind of help you um but he's always there with the you know the one liners and with the with the with the usually bad advice you know uh and that just became a little tedious I guess a little bit yeah um but uh, yeah, I mean the the story was there, um, so I, I guess most of the things that I would have needed to enjoy it were were, were there. Uh, cons, I mean, <laughs> I almost forgot that I was doing pros and cons. Um, cons, just like you said before, um, not enough like actual zombie action, zombie use. The whole zombie theme was downplayed. It was secondary to this kind of like you said love triangle type thing um I did like the way like it didn't shy away from gore like, yeah there's, there's not a lot of it but the, the times when it is there it's not toned down right um and I don't know I thought the whole way that zombies like the whole the the devil genie I thought that was kind of that seemed a little ham-fisted. stupid, yeah. Um, but I mean, honestly, I don't really have a lot of complaints about this. In general, I kind of I, I liked it, so I mean. And this is this is written by Alan Treza, and I believe it's based on a short film of his. Okay. Well, um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't think I really have a whole lot else to say. Yeah, I. I don't see why so many people were so against it. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's no masterpiece by any means. It's not going to win movie of the year for anything, mm-hmm. but it's it's a f- fun, cheesy popcorn movie. Yeah, it's it's not <clears throat> you know it's not supposed to be in the ranks of the Romeros and the Fulci's. It it just it is what it is, and if 
if you take it if you go in expecting more than that then yeah you're going to be let down mm-hmm. because you're dumb right um all right so what do you think about uh reading uh i'm gonna it was six okay yeah um I think I'll say seven. Um, well, like like a big blockbuster, like you said, it's not going to win any awards or anything. But it wasn't a bad movie by any means. Um, and there, the the things I liked about it greatly outweigh the things I didn't. So I th- I think it was better than average. So I think a seven would do. Sounds good to me. All right, so let's move on to our second movie, which is Girl House. Okay, ladies, I think it's time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Time for what? <laughs> okay, boys, here I am. Have you been on the internet lately? Porn is not what it used to be. I mean, it's totally different now. It's mainstream and accepted. There's no stigma. Nobody cares. Welcome to Girl House, sweetie. So, like, hundreds of guys are watching us right now. Thousands at any given moment. Dude, I know that girl. You know this creature. Not possible. some way to find them. Sorry, just to jump back to uh, burying the X real quick. You said it was a 15-minute short. Um, the, the original cast was uh, featured Danielle Harris as Olivia. Um, Marcia Monroe. Does that name ring a bell to you? I don't think so. Uh, she was Evelyn. And the male lead was played by John Francis Daly. Oh, really? Yeah. Mr. Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, Sam Weir. Um, so, there we go. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so Girl House. Girl House. Uh, Tell us about it. It's another one that didn't get stellar reviews, but we'll get to that later. Uh, Girl House is about 
a girl named Kylie who is a college student and her dad recently passed away and her mom is a housewife so she's having trouble paying her tuition so she starts taking her clothes off on the internet as we all do I mean sure I mean we've all been there (laughs) it's a story as old as time like Beauty and the Beast (laughs) I'm pretty sure I've said that on the show multiple times it's the first time you've actually pointed it out (laughs) but she gets approached by this website called Girl House hence the name of the movie and yes. the the premise of Girl House is that there's cameras going, there's a live feed at all times, and there's cameras all over the house, and there's, what, five girls living there? Five, six girls? Something around there, yeah. And they all live in this house, and they're all just being recorded at all times. It's a little creepy, it's a little stalkerish, it's a little intrusive, but it is what it is. Uh, the appeal, apparently, according to the owner of the site, is that it lets you get feel like you have a relationship with these girls and you're not just there for watching sex. It allows you to be an uber creep. Yeah, because that's why I watch porn, for <laughs> yeah. the relationships. Yeah, you watch porn for like five minutes at a time. Yeah, I watch porn for the P&V. Sure. <laughs> But it's like, that's why I couldn't ever, ever fathom, like, getting, like, a subscription to a porn site. Yeah. It's like, there's, well, especially nowadays, there's so much of it out there for free. Yeah. <clears throat> like I said, you're going to use it for five minutes, maybe. <laughs> and uh, you're going to fast forward to the part you want. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's, like, this Girl House site, there are actual sites like this where women will just film themselves 24 hours a day. Yeah. And I do not get the appeal whatsoever. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it's like maybe you want to, like if, like at certain points in the movie, you know, they do like private shows. Right. Um, you know, like, or like, like bedroom shows or, you know, a couple of girls, they like invite like guys over and fuck them in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a shower in the camera, you know, certain camera things. Camera in the shower. What? Camera in the shower. What did I say? So there's a shower in the camera. Yep. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it could. Tiny people in the camera taking showers. <laughs> Very tiny. <laughs> there is a camera in the shower. There it is. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, like, certain things make sense, but it's like there's a camera in the living area where they play pool. Like, like a billiards, billiards table. Yeah. So, so it's like I mean, and, like, there, there are cameras in their bedrooms at all times to so watch them sleep, watch them read a book, and that's what I don't get. <laughs> yeah. Do not get the appeal of that whatsoever. I mean, if you want to watch them, like, play, play titty cricket. <laughs> <laughs> so they're out in the lawn uh, playing croquet topless. Well, they're not all topless. I think it's like strip croquet. Yeah, that's that's what it seemed like. And uh, Taylor says, looks over and he says, you know what this is called? It's called titty cricket. (laughs) (laughs) But it's croquet. It doesn't matter. It's titty cricket. (laughs) It's like, okay. Because titty croquet doesn't sound good. (laughs) You gotta have that is sound in both of them. So it's titty cricket. (laughs) Anyway. Don't overthink it. 
But I guess if you want to watch them, you know, flop their titties around while they're playing titty titty <laughs> cricket, then maybe that would make sense. But yeah, at, at one point in the movie, there there's her and a guy, or one girl and a guy, just sitting on the couch watching a movie. Yep, like like a date type yep. thing. So it's like okay. Anyway, anyway, so Kylie joins this house with all these other girls. Um, and she meets this guy who uses the handle Lover Boy because he's working for the weekend. <laughs> he's ready for hot girls in love. <laughs> Why isn't it working? Because <laughs> those are Lover Boy songs, and Lover Boy has always sucked. Oh no, they don't. Uh, and Lover Boy is you. You you meet him as well. Uh, you get to see behind the screen. And what a stud, right? He is... Uh, if you've seen the movie Identity, he looks like that guy. Sure. Kind of. Um, he's just a, a, a generic, big, bumbling, fat guy. Yeah, he's like a big, fat, bald guy. Yeah. Um, and he's... He wears a jumpsuit. Yeah, and he, he does computers for a living. Right. Um. Which means he's just this hacking genius, of course. Naturally. Because how else are you going to make this movie work? Although, as the hacker or the owner of Girl House explains, it is impenetrable because technology. <laughs> he, he never says exactly how. He's like, I have a team that does things and then you can't pack it. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Because that's a thing that happens in the 21st century. Right. Yeah, uh, not one. People but hack the fucking IRS, like the FBI. Yeah, the CIA. You're not safe, random porn yeah. site. <laughs> yeah, if people want into your site, they're gonna get into it. Yep, that's just uh, I think something that you accept when you go onto the internet. <laughs> yeah, and that's what ends up happening. Lover boy gets smitten by Kylie. And he uh, he starts to get very possessive of her, and he sends her a picture of himself, and then he later finds that, finds out that they hung it hung the picture on the wall, and wrote "What a stud" on it. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's like like I said, like I said, he's like a big, bald, just oaf guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on top of that, he just sends her like the worst possible picture he could. <laughs> he's like sweating and he's got like like making like a like a, almost like a sneer thing, like like he's staring off into space or something. Yeah. I don't I don't know if he could have done much better though. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, then he finds out they hung this picture on the wall and he just snaps. Mm-hmm. And so he hacks in and he finds out where the girl house is. And he goes there, and he starts killing fools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's pretty much the rest of the movie. Yep. Uh, yeah, so he... You know, this impenetrable network this guy supposedly has was not only hacked once, but twice. Well, the second guy didn't technically hack it. He just found out who their ISP was and then found the house that had the most bandwidth going into it. So he kind of worked around the That's system. That's true. Good point. Um, 
But one, yeah. thing, one thing I love in movies is when people are on computers and they're, they're just doing random things, but it's like, clackety, 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 print. <laughs> like, no, that's not... Control P is print. It doesn't take yeah. that many keystrokes. Yeah, or you go up to file, print. Yeah. <laughs> um, or just the, like, generic MS-DOS boxes that open and then just words fly by. That's <laughs> that's how you hack. Yeah. Well, you're, you know, you're running, running code. I know, but it just looks so dumb on TV. Sure. Or in, in movies, you know, because they, they just go clack it, clack it, clack it, clack it, clack and then you just see words fly by, <laughs> and then and then there's like a something pops up on screen. And at one point, he makes her screen look like it's melting. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not a thing that you can do. It might be. It's not. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Hacker over here. <laughs> um. And he when when he when he attacks the house, he wears this this mask that's it's like a lady mask. Yeah. And it's got like this long black hair attached to it. And earlier in the movie he has it on a mannequin or something. Something, yeah. Uh that he makes out with and probably bangs. I don't know. They don't show it, but he probably does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean so like a precursor to this is starts out uh, when this kid's when this guy's a kid just being tormented by these two little girls mm-hmm. um, who pants him then convince him to <clears throat> show them his dick whip it out uh, which they immediately insult and then you know bitches gotta learn <laughs> <laughs> But they call him Lover Boy, so that's where he got his name. Right. I love um, I love some of the the other screen names in this. They're pretty good. Uh, tugboat. Mm-hmm. Wood Wizard. Uh, what was uh, Cream Slinger? Was that it? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hard Eight. <laughs> um. So something I think the the biggest thing that was bugging me about this was just the sheer stamina of this guy. Yeah. This guy was maybe as tall as you possibly. He seemed like he was he was a bigger guy. Yeah, you know, like, you know, 6163 somewhere in there. Uh and he was probably twice, maybe three times my size, you know, width-wise. And, you know, like I said, I'm a much smaller person than him. And this guy is running around for hours. He's he's pretty quick on his feet for a guy his size. He's like fucking um, Chris Farley or John Belushi. Yeah, or like old Jack Black. Sure. Younger Jack Black. Um, And it's like I'm half or a third of this guy's size. And I would be fucking exhausted about halfway into this. It's like, I gotta take a break. I'm gonna go to outside and get some air. Um, but he just kept running. And he did it all with a mask on, which is... And a tool belt. Right. Uh, he didn't have, like, a signature weapon like Jason no. or Freddy, but he, he just wore this tool belt around, and he, he picked things. He also had a toolbox that he was carrying, so he just had... A whole bunch of stuff at his disposal. Right. Um, 
really just normal things too. Nothing out of the ordinary. Like he had a uh, <clears throat> um, just a, a regular regular claw hammer, uh, box cutter, screwdriver, um, a can of Ajax, some kind of spray. Right. It didn't really show exactly what that was. Yeah. Um, he sprayed it in people's eyes. Did he do it more than once? No. Okay. I didn't think so. Um, and he's uh, able to control everything in the house because he steals this device. It's a magical that, device. Yeah. It's it's kind of like like the size of an iPod, mm-hmm. but it's like the shape of like an iPhone, mm-hmm. except the screen is like the screen of an iPhone. Right. And then it has like a button, but it's it's more like an iPhone, right? And but it's got like an iPhone case on it, yeah. But it's definitely not an iPhone. It, but it's, uh, I'd say it's probably about the size of an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe a little bigger than an iPhone, but not as big as an iPhone. <laughs> and, but it has a touch screen like an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely not an iPhone. Right, he. But needless to say, this guy was very proud of his little quote baby. Yeah. Um. That basically controlled everything in the house. Yeah, the uh, locks, the cameras, the lights. Which he didn't really let on when he was like, because during the movie he's he's fucking around with it at a couple different points um, before he has it taken away from him um but it doesn't really he doesn't really go into like the features he like it shows him being he's basically able to like look at all the cameras and uh look at like which cameras are being viewed the most right yeah you don't really find out that it has like this full control over everything in the house until Loverboy steals it yeah um yeah yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, towards the end, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't understand. It, uh, I, I'm gonna. I hope this isn't spoilers, but like when Kylie starts breaking all the cameras, I did not understand why she started doing that, and why she didn't go up to the camera and say, "Help me! <laughs> this is the address I'm at." Um. Like he had cut off all the sound, but she still could have mouthed it or even typed it because they they were they had a chat function on the site. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they could. Oh, excuse me. Uh, if they could actually use that if they weren't in like a private chat. Or well, if, I, or I doing like a, I don't know a sh- like a show like a, yeah because I guess the only time you see someone doing it they are in a one on one, but that it's never really explained that that's the only time that you can do it. I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah. Um... But, I mean, they've said that there's thousands of people on the site at any given time. You'd think she could have found someone to put in a one-on-one chat. Sure. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, he like he had control over everything in that house. Like, literally everything. Yeah. I mean, not only just the cameras, the lights, the locks and the doors. Control over email. I mean, the computers as a whole. Uh, cell phones. Cell phones. Which, unless there's like a, I mean, it must have been like a cell phone jammer or something because it's not like the cell phones were sh- issued by Girl House. Right. Yeah, that was kind of 
little suspension of disbelief there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought this movie started out okay. But it kind of started to unravel a little bit towards the end, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Um, the I feel like the kill scenes aren't that strong. They're really not. Um, a lot of stuff is off screen, which is just a fucking cop out. Like I mean, if you're, there's there's a way to do things off screen to make it scary. It's it's kind of an old school thing, which when they did it because they didn't have very good effects. But I mean, like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, there's there's no blood in that movie, but it's still fucking terrifying mm-hmm. because it leaves things to your imagination. Whereas this, it's like things happen off screen and then you kind of see the results. Yeah, but it's like I mean, at one point somebody gets their fingers chopped off. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think that's a spoiler necessarily. Um, but it's it's done off screen, and it's like it's not. That's not that hard of an effect to have. I mean, maybe you don't want to go over top of the gore, which I guess could be understandable to a point. But it's like if you're gonna have that kind of violence, then fucking show it. Yeah. Just own up. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like a, a lot of the kill scenes were not very strong. Um, and a lot of it is, like, unnecessary. Like, he saws off somebody's head, and it's like, why? Yeah. He's he's being needlessly violent. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's like... If he was just, like, a psycho that was just out on a killing spree for fun, then maybe that'd be a little more understandable, but right, he's but out he's, for revenge. Yeah, he's got a vendetta. And anybody that has any psychology knowledge knows that that's, like, psychologically inaccurate. Yeah. It's like, you know, revenge killers, which is what he was, they kill with purpose. They don't just do erratic, weird things like that. Yeah. So that was my problem with it. Um, I didn't like the end. No, you're with me on that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a spoiler to say. I'm going to say it. You can decide if you want to cut it out. Okay. I expected a final scare, and there was not one. I don't think that's a spoiler. Okay. Um. Yeah, I was kind of expecting that, especially the way they built up the end. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... And, I mean, things. we didn't, but when I, I watched it last night, I watched it all the way through the credits to see if there was anything post-credits, and there there was not. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what happened seemed pretty final. Yeah, but that's true of a lot of slasher movies. True. Um... So, uh, yeah, you know, something that surprised me, there's nowhere near as much nudity as I was expecting. Yeah, for being a movie about porn, essentially, there's really not. Yeah. I mean, there's four titties? and No, six titties and two butts. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the main character, she... Kylie. Yeah, she never shows anything. Uh, Played by Allie Corbin. Co- Cobrin. 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 Um, I think this... <laughs> now, take this description with a green salt, but the slutty blonde. <laughs> um, Talking about Devin? Yeah. She... I think she did like one really brief topless scene. Did she? Yeah, I think it was. She was in the shower. Okay, so eight eight titties. Okay. Anyway, so I mean, in a movie about a porn site, you'd think it'd just be nonstop nudity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Lucky Bastard. Right. Um, but it wasn't. Which I mean. Not complaining about necessarily. It's just right. You don't want it to be like muck. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, unexpected. I would have thought there'd just be a boob fest, basically. Yeah. Um, Titty fest 2015. <laughs> that sounds like the best party ever. <laughs> uh, Brought to you by the Great Flow Podcast. <laughs> The story itself, I don't think. I mean, it's it's a slasher movie. It's you don't need a lot of story. Slasher movie one hundred and one. You take engaging characters, throw in a, a crazy killer, have some good gore effects. Right, but, but I don't think these characters were all that engaging. No, they weren't. I didn't really care about any of them. No. Even Kylie, who was like, you know, we're delving into her life. I really didn't care. Yeah, she. I mean, there was. She was the only one with any backstory of any substance, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, like you said, you just I don't give a shit. I mean, who cares who you are? Yeah, like all these other characters, we they're they're just primed for fodder and they're just they're disposable throwaway characters you don't know anything about them so it's just and they're just you know they're fake yeah it, you know looking at like the killer himself uh, it makes me wonder how interested they were in like creating an icon because he he, he wasn't. <laughs> he doesn't have that kind of appeal to really have an image that stands out. He was basically just a fat guy in a jumpsuit with a mask on. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it definitely kind of has that feel like they were trying to make it into this legend. Mm-hmm. And but, what, I mean, his 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 story, like the 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 concept of the character didn't fit that image. No. It, but, I mean, it's like this guy, he's not some legendary killer in the making. He's just... He's just a guy. A fucking psycho, yeah. Um, he's just a, a lonely, sweaty guy. Yeah. Very, very sweaty. <laughs> he's very sweaty. He needs a fan in that basement or wherever he is. Yeah. And I feel like while the the events of the movie aren't necessarily predictable, just the the wraparound of the movie is very predictable. Yeah. 
from the beginning of this movie, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not what's going to happen. You know who's going to live and who's going to die almost immediately. Yeah, it's it's telegraphed from the beginning. Right. That's annoying. <laughs> uh, and you know, Kylie, she uh is discovered on the site by a guy that she went to high school with. Yeah. They start uh, dating. Yeah. And his character was useless. More or less, yeah. You kind of think that... I mean, I don't... I don't know. I, don't, I guess I shouldn't discuss that too much, but... It's like, I don't think that the story would have been much different without him. I agree. So... Whatever. <laughs> so fuck that guy. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else to say unless you've got something. Uh, no, I don't think so. Want to do numbers? Yeah. Um, it's not a bad movie, but it's not a particularly good movie. So I'm just going to go down the middle. I'm going to give it a five. All right. Uh, yeah, like I, I, I agree with you. It's not awful um it is a little too long it is long yeah that's it's i kept waiting for it to end but it just kept going yeah there's like if i were to watch it again i could probably find like probably about 10 minutes of stuff that could just be taken out yeah um and you know that, that was especially irritating when you know we had to watch two movies before we could even record right. this. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean that like that it was too long. Um the story was okay at best, but the, there were so many disposable characters that really didn't even need to be in there to begin with. Um but it wasn't awful. I don't know that I'll necessarily watch it again. I don't think I would. Yeah. Um like, unless I was hanging out with somebody and they were like, I want to watch this movie Girl House. Have you seen it? I'd be like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. They're not going to be like, don't, don't fucking put that on. I'm going to leave. Right. Fuck you. Um, but because, I mean, it wasn't a stellar movie, so uh, I think I'll have to knock it down a notch from five and say four. Okay, then. Okay. So that is going to do it. For episode forty, well, we gotta do plot holes first. Oh, god damn it! I keep forgetting about that. It's it's new, but I mean, come on, pull your head out of your ass. All right, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, for those of you who haven't been listening to the past couple of ep- couple of episodes, Epi- hey, why don't you fuck off? Epi- Have you fucked off yet? Fucking but, off, sir. For those of you who haven't listened to the past couple of episodes, we have a game called Plot Holes. Where we take the plot of a popular horror movie, well, a horror movie, and we remove a bunch of words and we replace them Mad Lib style. I guess it's not really a game because there's no way you can win, but it's fun. I wish there was a way I could win. I need a win, man. <laughs> but it's fun, and we're going to do it now. So Whether you like it or not. Yeah, so shut up and listen. <laughs> so, Tony, I need an adjective. Uh, trifling. <laughs> I need another adjective. Uh, busted ass. I need a plural noun. Horny nuns. I need a verb ending in S. Twerks. <laughs> <laughs>
I need a noun. Breakdancing robot. I need a plural noun. Cannibals that exclusively eat babies. Okay. I need an adjective. Fucking. I need a plural noun. Oh, uh, all the clowns under your bed. Okay. So, let's find out what Tony has done to the movie Insidious. <laughs> the familiar haunted house story gets a trifling new twist with this tale of a family that moves into a busted-ass house. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and begins to suspect they are under siege from otherworldly horny nuns when, when their young, young son inexplicably twerks into a deep coma. <laughs> As devoted parents, Josh and Renee struggle in vain to uncover the root of their son's breakdancing robot. <laughs> the stress of their situation gradually begins to take its toll on their one strong relationship. Later, when darkness falls and cannibals that exclusively eat babies appear to reach out for them <laughs> from the shadows, the fucking parents realize they're dealing with all the clowns under your bed beyond human comprehension. <laughs> that came out pretty good. <laughs> I like that he twerks himself into a coma. <laughs> now, if only Miley Cyrus would do that. Yeah, really. All right. So now that's going to do it yeah. for our episode, Sean Kemp. Yep. <laughs> that took me a sec. Um, yeah, so join us again in a couple weeks where we are watching. Uh, fucking. <laughs> fucking. Some fucking movies, dude. Um. I want to say Deathgasm. <laughs> Some winners, huh? <laughs> and oh, it's Deathgasm and the Voices. Right. Yeah, Taylor's favorite actor. God damn you! <laughs> hey, you know you're pumped for Deadpool. That's true. I am for sure. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, Death <laughs> Deathgasm and uh, the voice, not Deadpool, I wish it was Deadpool, uh, and the voices uh, in a couple weeks. Um, so, where can they find us in the meantime? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com or they can find us on Facebook at graveplotpodcast or on Twitter at grave underscore plot. Yeah, and remember to visit www.graveplotpodcast.com. Get yourself $10 off a $70 purchase. Or seventy dollar or more purchase. You don't have to just do exactly. $70. It has to be exactly seventy, <laughs> not seventy oh one, not sixty nine ninety nine. Seventy. Ten dollars off your order uh, with the code WWE save ten. And that's going to do it for us. I am Skeleton. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. 